For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 706, welcome to today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with FL Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Good evening, Josh. Hello, Dan. And tonight on the program, uh, I know you're a big tattoo guy. You've got a whole sleeve. No, nobody can no? see them. Nobody can yeah, see exactly. them. It's I can a, see them. Close, close people can see them. Uh, you know, if you have to look really closely, maybe under white light, but... but no, you can't see them. Yeah, no, it's it's a big secret that I just revealed from your biker days, and uh, we're going to talk tattoos and the tattoo business and the tattoo removal business tonight on the program, and we'll have Robin Labresh and Dr. Mariam Majdi of the Azalea Laser Clinic uh, on the program in just a little bit, but as usual here on today's Entrepreneur, our second to last show of the year, mm-hmm. um, we're going to talk about some entrepreneurial news, and uh, we'll get to that in a second, but I figured I would, I would just bring this up with you because everyone seems to be sick around me lately and around the office and uh, here at CJAD. And I but, was, no, but nobody in this room. No, I, I think I'm better now. I'm pretty sure I'm better, but I was out for the better part of two weeks, and I, I for some reason, I didn't get the flu shot. But I was thinking, employers, um, even small to medium-sized business owners like myself, I mean, should we be giving the flu shot to all employees? Is this a good idea? Well, the question is, uh, if you have a history or if you think your employees are going to get sick and be off and not be very productive, well, then it's probably worth, uh, you know, a few bucks per employee or however much it is. I think, uh, you know, 30, 40 bucks or so per employee to get the shot. Uh, you have the nurse come in and call it preventative medicine, call it insurance, uh, call it whatever you want. But if it prevents your employees from getting additional sick days and you can get more out of them or and they can they can produce more than certainly well worth it. Sure, if it only costs, you know, uh, 30, 40 bucks, even if it's $100 a person, still you could save if someone is absent for two, three days uh, during the week. It could be very well worth it. Um, tell me about your uh, your recent trip to Hong Kong. This is your annual trip. You go every year. Uh, why, why Hong Kong, and, and why do you uh, why do you maintain such a, a, a constant presence there? Uh, ni hao, Dan. You know, <laughs> and uh, I would I would break into my finest Cantonese, but uh, neither you or any other Chinese person would understand it. So we're just going to leave that off the table for now. Uh, it, it's actually quite simple, as as you know, uh, out of you know all the shows that we've been doing and the guests that we have, the world gets smaller and smaller. And this market uh, that that is out there, certainly certainly over many decades, people have been buying from China. You know, whether it's through Hong Kong or direct, um, but in the certainly in the in the past five years, I would say even more ten years, uh, China is just becoming a huge consumer market. Uh, Hong Kong as well, of course, uh, that it's part of China because Hong Kong Hong Kong and China are really one country. It's just two systems. Uh, since Hong Kong was handed back over to China from. Uh, from the UK in 1997, and it's it's become such a, a a vast market for people to export to and not just import from. Uh, there are so many opportunities that I find it hugely important and hugely relevant uh, to to stay in contact and and go there my once or twice a year and and help uh, businesses and help companies and entrepreneurs make the most of of this shrinking world. There are a lot of new customers now in China and an emerging middle class. Uh, do you find that uh, that this is a bit underrated when it comes to China? We often business people look at China as a way to uh, to produce goods, perhaps cheaply, but it's becoming a lot more than that. Well, first of all, it's becoming a little bit less cheap uh, to do so, but it's still cheap by comparison. Uh, but but that's what I was saying. It's it's such a vast consumer 
market now uh, that uh, it's it, it's staggering what the possibilities are and they're they're searching this these middle class uh, Chinese mainland Chinese are looking to spend their money and they're looking to spend their money on exotic items on different items not always on local items so products that come in from Canada North America wherever outside of China you you know they'll pay a bit of a premium for so you just have to know how to market it because marketing to the Chinese culture is not marketing to a North American culture. It's not marketing to a European culture. It's very specific and it's a, and it's very brand driven. So that's what you have to get out there in your head. And there's, there's hoops to jump through and, and understanding the culture is, is really big before you, you go to any market in any event. Um, over to Toronto now, and uh, you took interest in this restaurateur who was uh, uh, planning to export his Italian cuisine to the U.S. Well, I, I think it's just a story. It's a story about a, a Canadian entrepreneur, and he, you know, he's struggled at the beginning, you know, as as most restaurateurs do. Uh, but he ultimately built, and he knows to build brands, uh, a brand of a restaurant, because one restaurant in and of itself might, you know, break even, make a few bucks, uh, do super well if you get the right location and the and the right crowd. Uh, but the reality is, if you can build a brand and expand it and have multiple locations, your economies of scale are huge. Uh, and you can bring it to, to different markets where they're really looking out. So he took this uh, this Italian, this real Italian-based restaurant brand, which when you go south of the border, how many authentic Italian restaurant places do you know? It's very Americanized, typically. Olive Garden? Olive Garden. Oh, very authentic. <laughs> very authentic, olive American-y, um, all-you-can-eat salad bar-y. Uh, it, but, it's, but the authentic, you know, they put, you know, Americanized Italian food is putting sugar in your tomato sauce. Well, no, there's, there's more natural ingredients. But the, what was really uh, very interesting is it was really persistent and he, and you really had to, like every other business, you have to educate your customer. And, and I know we're going to hear that a little later from uh, the Azalea Laser Clinic, educating your customers big. So whatever you do, and in this case, in this authentic Italian restaurant, he also had to educate the customer and educate it to the point of, hey, it's not Americanized. It's, it's not sweet. It, it's really authentic. It's natural. You know, it might be different tastes, but it's really much better for you. So it took a long time to set up, but now that he's set up and people understand the brand, it's much easier to start and get going a few months in, in newer locations. A couple of stories about social entrepreneurship. Uh, finally, we have an environmentally friendly solution to the, uh, the one-time disposable coffee thingies, the K-Cup. So now we have the G-Cup. The G cup, and it's not a G string cup, and it's not a G anything cup, but but certainly it's a it's a G cup that is biodegradable, and it's something that and you see this, and I've been hearing this for many. You know, you go to entrepreneur sessions, and you go to kind of these these uh, uh, pitch competitions and all that, and you have so many more young entrepreneurs that are going after the socially responsible ideas. This being a perfect example. How many K-Cups are out there? I mean, there, there's reporting that the number of K-Cups that have been sold over time could circumference the equator of the earth 10, 11, 12 times over. That's how much coffee people are drinking out of these K-Cups. So the, the, the damage to the environment that people throw out is astounding. All it takes is one person to have an idea saying, hey, what can we make that's biodegradable? And it's social responsible. It's, you know, people are looking for that. So they might even pay a small premium for it. Uh, and, and I think it's a great idea. So social responsibility, social entrepreneurship is, is really big. 
Um, another story about just that. Paul and Sophia Grinvalds, they deserve a shout out, a couple of uh, recent McGill University graduates, and they decided to uh, start a business to which was which would make money, but also help uh, young girls in Africa. Tell us about that. They there was a, a problem in Africa where um, how can I put this delicately? The women in Africa have trouble with you know cleaning up their menstrual cycles <laughs> and uh, and they were using newspapers and whatever they could find and they were so embarrassed once a month they would actually skip school for several days mm. and they would they would be that much far behind so this this uh, this couple who where they were traveling said you know what that's it's just not fair they're missing out on on a real education so they invented these afri pads and it's recyclable and, and not only do they do they invent this but they're also manufacturing it in Africa and employing people, employing, you know, 100, 150 people, two-thirds of which are women. So they're, they're, they're giving back to the community. They're employing. They're finding a solution for the future of that region in Africa. And it's something that took off. Now, it, it took an investor, took a leap of faith. But that socially responsible entrepreneur really did the best that they could for that part of the world. So social entrepreneurship is uh, getting to be a buzzword, especially after the Mark Zuckerberg announcement mm -hmm. uh, last week as well. So it's not so much giving to charity or writing a check, but creating businesses and, and organizations that include a social mission in their day-to-day -day operations. It's making the world a better place in a business format. And it's totally doable, and people do it every day as we hear. And it's something that, it, once it catches on, it can spread like wildfire. It can be your biggest marketing aspect. Today's Entrepreneur on CJAD 800. Coming up, we'll talk tattoos with uh, Dr. Maria Majdi and Robin Labresh of the Azalea Laser Clinic. They are on the way. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 720 on today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Dan Delmar and FL Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you. And our guests this evening are Robin Labresh and Dr. Mariam Majdi of Azalea Laser Clinic. Robin and Dr. Mariam, welcome to CJD. Hi, thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks thank for, you for having us. Thanks for joining us. So um, first, a pretty basic question. Tell us about yourselves and tell us about uh, the business, Azalea Laser Clinic. Go for it. Well, uh, we at Azalea Laser Clinic, we uh, our primary focus is on uh, laser tattoo removal, but we also do other pigment-related treatments, such as removal of beauty marks, birthmarks, freckles, uh, scars if they're darker in pigment, stretch marks if they're darker in pigment. So virtually anything that's darker in pigment, We're in uh, we the can pigment remove. removal business. That's right. <laughs> Not the pig removal business. The pigment <laughs> removal business. So now lasers in the name. So that's I gather right. it's a pretty sophisticated machine and equipment that you're using. That is correct, actually. We are the first in Quebec to introduce this technology. Uh, we are between Barrie, Ontario, and Halifax. Uh, we are again the first ones. Uh, we, we are the only ones with this type of technology. We have the Quanta Q plus C, and it is the only laser worldwide that can target uh, virtually any color on the spectrum, on the color spectrum, now, safely and effectively. Now, how did you get into this business? Well, being a tattoo artist myself. Um, I've seen a lot of uh, really badly done tattoos, and over the course of my career, uh, people who have bad tattoos, they tend to want cover-ups uh, to cover up cover it up with a, a different tattoo. Um, with my style being a soft black and gray realism, um, I'm limited in what I can actually cover up. So I would send a lot of people to uh, to go and get laser removal done. Um, and I never had a specific place to send people, but uh, when I was seeing what some of the my clients were coming back with the results uh, of just horrible damage to their skin, um, I decided that uh, you know to to 
try and find a better solution. So I turned to Mariam, uh, being her, uh, a PhD and uh, being good at research, I asked her to do some research and find the best laser so that I could refer people to. So after a long, long road of research, almost a year, almost of research, a year of research, actually. she yeah. uh, all, reading all kinds of papers and testimonials. Um, she found the. Uh, she comes to me and she says, "One day I found the perfect laser." I said, "Excellent. Where am I sending people?" And she said, "Ontario or Halifax." So that's when we got in touch with the company, and uh, one thing led to the other, and we ended up uh, bringing the laser in ourselves. So this is this is a brand new piece of equipment that mm-hmm. is is new in the area. It's new in Canada. It's new in Quebec. How much did you test it before you actually? jumped in and bought it. Well, this isn't this isn't new technology per se. This is absolutely new technology here in Canada just because it took some time for it to get approved by Health Canada. But that being said, I mean, they they have hundreds of these all across the US. They have uh, they have even more than that all across Europe. So, this is an Italian-made laser, but I mean, the evidence is there in terms of uh, longitudinal studies in terms of long-term effects on a variety of different uh, whether it's more, you know, more for pigment-related tre- related tre- related treatments, excuse me, or uh, for removal, we know along the spectrum how uh, clients tend to respond to it. So that's what kind of piqued my interest in the first place, because I knew that it was this wasn't just some, you know, new technology that just came out and hadn't been tested very much, but it sounded very, you know, interesting. And uh, we wanted to go with something that was absolutely going to be the safest uh, and provide the, you know, the best results all around. And it sounds, I mean, kind of like, you know, businesses that are going vertical, you know, the tattoo creator, the artist, and the tattoo removal. I giveth, she taketh away. <laughs> uh, no, no, no comment there about the sexes. And yeah, when we come back, it'll be really interesting to hear about kind of the first steps as you open your front doors and how you get people to, to, to walk in the door. And as we mentioned earlier in the program, educating your customer when we come back after the break. Talking tattoos and tattoo removal with uh, Robin Labresh and Dr. Maria Majdi of the Azalea Laser Clinic here on Today's Entrepreneur at 724. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 727 on today's Entrepreneur. Joining us this evening is Robin Labresh and Dr. Maria Majdi of the Azalea Leisure Clinic and, and Dahlia, which is the tattoo shop. So guys, this is, these are two businesses that are complementary in a way. And uh, and Dr. Mariam, you go back and forth between the two. That's right. That's right. I do, since both of them are in separate locations. And uh, just uh, we wanted to make sure that we kept uh, the clinic more clinical and the tattoo shop, you know, where the creative juices and the artistic juices are flowing. So we definitely wanted to keep them separated. So during the day, since I managed the tattoo shop as well, I'm literally running back and forth all the time. It's actually funny when we were renovating for Azalea, the the two businesses in between us uh, for months, they were wondering, what's going on? Why do they keep running back and forth? And then finally, when we told them, oh, by the The way, we're opening up next door as well. Then they were like, oh. Yeah. Well, as you said, you also you also remove, you know, it's skin and pigment treatment. So it's not all the customers from a tattoo artist that would come into your shop. That's right. So I guess you you want to have a slightly different look. Exactly. 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 Because, I mean, we do uh, tend to get some more conservative people that don't have tattoos that are just coming in for treat uh, for treatments for various you know pigment related treatments so we don't want them to have to be intimidated by the tattoo kind of shop aspect and you know we want them to feel as comfortable as possible with their treatments so you 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 have this new location you're ready to open your door what do you do i mean you already have an instant customer base how do you what's your first steps are you are you worried when you open this door i mean you have a machine that you paid for and you got to pay for it 
that we, we were, paid a lot yes, for. But we were excited. I mean, it took us so long to open our doors, but we were just so confident about this and so excited about the approach that we uh, decided to take because we decided to, to take uh, an education-based approach. So during my consultations, I my, my goal is to educate every single person that walks through that door. So whether they choose to go with our treatments or not, I want them to understand what's actually happening to their skin, not just on a, you know, uh, just a basic level, but to actually have a better understanding. That's obviously optional. I don't force every mm-hmm. single person to go through to that. To listen and, to you. But yeah. most, most people go for <laughs> Except it. Except Robin. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. actually. She doesn't force me to. Believe it or I not. I do it out of my own free will. <laughs> <laughs> I usually, I give people the option and, and I, I would say about 95% of the time, unless someone's in a rush, most people want to know more because most places you go to, they'll just give you false promises. They'll just tell you, they'll just throw a number at you and tell you how many sessions it's going to be, but they'll leave the client wondering what's actually happening to their skin. This isn't some sort of magical process. So I, I really, obviously, I like to nerd out on it and, you know, <laughs> give them a little bit more of an in-depth kind of understanding of what's happening to them and they really appreciate it. And there's no doubt that's part of what differentiates you. And and when you're talking about marketing and, and having the name out there, you got to look at areas that differentiate you. So when we come back from the break, we'll kind of dabble a little more into the marketing and how you get your name out there other than the, you know, the few doors down from you. Uh, and we'll see what's, what's worked for you. Robin Labresh and Dr. Mary Majdi of the Zale Laser Clinic are guests this evening on Today's Entrepreneur at 7.30. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.36, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with F.L. Fuller-Landau's Josh Miller. And Josh, our guest this evening, Robin Labresh and Dr. Maria Majdi of the Azalea Laser Clinic and Dahlia, which is the complimentary uh, business, the tattoo parlor, so you can get your tattoos and then get them removed uh, a few doors down. It was three doors down, right? But you don't get those removed. You don't get those removed. It's the ones from other tattoo artists. Exactly. (laughs) So, but we're talking about marketing. We're talking about, I mean, this is, as you said earlier in the program, this is not new equipment to the world, but new equipment in this region Mm -hmm. uh, and the latest technology. How do you get the name out there? How do people get to know to come to you now instead of having to go to Ontario or wherever else they have to go? Well, I mean, we had an advantage, the fact that I've been in this business for almost 15 years, so I have a lot of contacts in the tattoo industry. So uh, once we knew we were actually opening, um, anytime that I had someone, uh, a client that needed some or was uh, even just asking about any other tattoo, I would always let them know, oh, by the way, we're going to be affiliated. I never told them we were opening it originally, Mm -hmm. just in case. uh, we're going to be affiliated with a laser clinic. They're going to have this laser. Tell them a bit about it. And so before we even opened, we had a list of about 50 people that were interested. Mm-hmm. Um, that along with um, uh, we, what we did is we we made a, a little uh, information package and sent it to all the tattoo uh, shops in the industry. Uh, not in, in, the industry, area, sorry, in the area. Was it well and, received? Um, uh, yes and no. I mean, I think... Uh, there were some that actually were really, really interested in it. And obviously, you know, because they, they want to be able to do cover-ups on good skin that's not damaged. So they, they decided, you know, they wanted to send some people over. And now we have quite a few, actually, from different from a variety of different tattoo shops. Yeah, absolutely. But then you'll have some tattoo shops that were completely uh, reluctant uh, to even giving it a try because, you know, they have their own laser equipment. Uh, so obviously, they wouldn't want to take that chance, even though it would... 
uh, obviously, you know, mean that they would have better skin to work with for their own tattoo artists. But so, in addition to kind of sending out these packages, mm-hmm. what about online? Are you yeah, doing anything, we, or did what did you do online? We went with a Google ad. Uh, that was probably it's probably been our, our, our biggest source of uh, of new clients. Um, Google ads, um, and I don't want to sound like an infomercial for them, but they are really good. They're very helpful. They're very informative. Uh, yeah. If you want to call them up, they actually insisted. They kept calling us saying we'd like to set up a free meeting with you to discuss to your you. yeah to discuss yeah. your campaign optimize it optimize it and and yeah it was uh it was it was really great i, d- I definitely recommend google yeah. ads we were also featured on yul buzz too uh back in may so that helped us out a lot too i mean that was just you know it, it was really helpful to get the name out there so and of course referrals that have now been word, word of mouth is yeah now, every, of... every single person that gets it done yeah. is so amazed with what we're doing and the results that um even friends of theirs that they would never would have never even thought like oh hey don't you have that tattoo that you really didn't like anymore yeah. check them out so is there competition then i mean you said this is the only piece of equipment like this in the area mm-hmm. but there are other people removing tattoos so do you feel you have competition do you feel it maybe create competition there's we i mean there's competition in every business right and i mean it, it really depends because there are all different sorts of clients so you're going to have that person that either wants to only pay thirty dollars in someone's basement and He's going to do it. Then I mean, they're going to destroy his skin in the process. But there, um, you know, there there are definitely those people out there. So and or even, they fall for false promises, or they're just you know, uh, a friend tells them to go somewhere, so they just go ahead instead of really kind of learning the facts about where they need to be going. So yeah, in that regard, there's definitely competition, so to speak. But as far as the actual equipment goes, there's none that even you know compares. So yeah. if the market is is missing this type of, of mm-hmm. product and service. How do you go about pricing it from the get-go? If you're not, you know, if, if you don't, if you have competitors that are pricing it, but with inferior equipment, uh, as you say, then how do you price it for something? As you said, Robin was a really expensive piece of, mm-hmm. of equipment. We're very competitively priced, actually. So, I mean, we, we're actually not the most expensive. Yes, D- definitely. D- despite the price of our laser, despite the result and the technology, we are actually not the most. Nor expensive. are we the least expensive. So, right. we're 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 competitive with other you know places that do offer laser tattoo removal. Generally speaking, so uh, you know less obviously more expensive than someone that's going to offer it in their basement, but less expensive than some of the the other places. And out the there. company really set us up when they um, when they came to do our training and installed the machine and everything. They 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 gave us a basis of what we should do around. Obviously, mm. they said do your research and see what people are mm-hmm. charging around your area because mm-hmm. every what someone's going to charge in Toronto versus here is obviously going to be different. So, by the color of the pigment, the size of the tattoo, the location on the body, does it all make a difference? Not, uh, not for the effectiveness really. of the process. Yes, yeah. but for the, the price, price the no. Pricing, price is only it's, the size. Yeah, it's just the the square the the area the tattooed area. Sorry, so that's all that you're looking at. So not the size of a tattoo. That's irrelevant. It's how much of that area is actually tattooed that you consider it so it might seem a lot larger so it, it is about the size in this case it, it is yeah. size does matter <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what you said I'm, I'm just the parrot I'm just the parrot here uh, so so when you're now you guys are partners correct yes right. we are do you get along what happens when you don't we always yes. get along <laughs> No, we don't always get along, but we have an understanding. Says one fiance to another, right? Exactly. (laughs) We have an understanding. 
the most important thing in any relationship, whether it be a marriage, a business partnership, friendship, is respect. And if you have respect, then you can solve any dispute. Uh, tempers can flare, but then once that temper, which doesn't happen with us, I'm saying in, in general, general yeah. um, you know, but once you once you calm down and realize, oh, wait a second, mm-hmm. you know, let's work this out. Because we both basically have this understanding that we both want the same thing for our businesses. We want them to flourish. We want them to prosper. So keeping that in mind, you know, I know if he's making a recommendation, I know it's for bettering our businesses and vice versa. So ultimately, if you look at it that way, then, you know, we've got. And right from the get go, having (laughs) some having a a clear criteria of what areas, uh, which person has a veto in that area. So anything scientific, anything to do with uh, with the budgeting is is Mary. She gets the veto. Anything that has to do with the aesthetics of it, the artistic aspect of it, marketing. I usually get the veto for that. So that's right. So as, as you mentioned budgeting and as you, you know, you mentioned the, the, the equipment that is, is unique and, and a little pricey, you know, you have to make this investment in your, in your new business. How do you go about it? Do you, do you, did you go approach the banks? Did you have good luck there? Did you have to find investors elsewhere? How did, what was the solution for you? We had such a hard time. We hit every obstacle along the way. But... Literally every obstacle because, uh, because of Quebec being under uh, French uh, civil law, uh, most companies in Canada, in North America even, will not lend to people in Quebec. And when the, when we originally spoke with the company uh, there in Colorado, um, they were saying, the, the rep was saying, oh, don't worry about it. I have a company that uh, that I lend money to. I lend uh, large large sums of money. Don't worry, you'll get approved, no problem. And then when we applied for it, no one wanted to. Mm-hmm. No one wanted to approve. So then we ended up having to have a co-signer. And uh, well, we were going to have oh. a co-signer. We went my mm-hmm. my grandmother and then uh, my grandfather actually graciously. And uh, very appreciatively, very if you're listening, <laughs> ended up uh, ended up giving us the loan so we could get the machine. Everything else was all our, our savings for the renovations. The uh, we put everything into this. Everything, business, yeah. This is. Our Did you have to learn how to manage cash flow? You know, at, at the outset, because you weren't sure kind of the timing and everything. Or Miriam's much yeah, better very, with cash yeah. than I am. I well, especially with having Dahlia as well. That gave me a few years of practice. But yeah, it's tough. It's a new business. You know, you gotta, you gotta. There's every always penny hidden, counts. always hidden expenses. Exactly. Always, always, always. Whatever you budget for, times it by one point five, <laughs> and then you'll only be a few thousand dollars under. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, as you look back, and ju- just before we hit the the, the forty five break. Would you do it with the knowledge you have today? Would you do anything differently from when you opened? And whether whether question. related to 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 Azalea or even Dahlia for that matter? Uh, yes, self leveling cement. <laughs> if anyone is renovating, <laughs> use self leveling cement before you tile your floors. And your management style has that been the same since the beginning? Have you have you changed that, or you've pretty much been open? You dealt with your employees the same way? No, we've changed it. Yeah, definitely changed. It's it. definitely changed. Um, you want to? It's it's just you know you learn a lot of things along the way when you first start managing a business, and you know you just you have to just kind of evolve with it. So uh, we've definitely learned a lot along the way. And uh, coming up, uh, we'll have uh, Bernie Furt. And uh, talking about taxes, I take it, John? Talking about taxes, absolutely. That is that is certainly his specialty. And there were some announcements today uh, from the federal government. Oh. So uh, we're going to kind of hear about that and how it's kind of got some pluses and minuses and minuses. So tax partner Ernie Furt from Fuller Landau on the way on that. Uh, plus, we'll have Robin and Miriam's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur before the show is done. It's 745. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 
7.50 on today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people, Dan Delmar and FL Fuller Landau's Josh Miller with you. And we'll have uh, Robin and Mariam's uh, one piece of advice for today's Entrepreneur coming up in just a few minutes. But first, uh, Ernie Furt is here, tax partner at Fuller Landau, Josh. And uh, we had our new finance minister, Bill Morneau, making a bit of an announcement today. Uh, a bit of an announcement, several announcements. Uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of rumors going around and, and, and what's been on tap or what's coming on tap. And uh, I know, Ernie, you, you, you had the, the pleasure of listening to it all uh, this afternoon. So do share us share with us so many positive things you learned. Well, positive things, depending on what perspective you have, okay? Because, you know, during, during the election campaign, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was announcing that he's going to make some, make some changes and help the middle class a little bit. And, you know, and the rich will have to pay for the middle class tax cut. And effectively today, that's exactly what they did. So effective uh, January 1 of, of 16, the uh, there'll be a middle-class tax cut. Anybody earning between 45-odd thousand to about 90,000 will receive a decrease of about 1.5%, exactly 1.5%, and that amounts to about 700 bucks, okay, at the maximum. Mm-hmm. And anybody earning over 200K will be taxed, uh, will have a tax rate of 33% on any income in excess of $200,000. But don't forget, we have a graduated tax rate system, so we do benefit from that tax cut as well. Anybody who is in the over $200,000 bracket will benefit. So really that change truly kicks in at around $217,000. So it sounds like in Quebec, where the top marginal rate Everybody was happy to be slightly under 50 points, so 50%. No longer. Uh, in, the, in the top rate, uh, which which isn't everybody in Quebec. Uh, it's certainly in the minority, but those there, that that's above. But but certainly in the middle class, it's going to affect a lot of people. It'll affect a lot of people, but there's other things that can affect them too. And if, they, if they're smart and they plan properly and, and they can save money, you know, still the utilization of an RRSP or even a tax-free savings account can help them better than a tax cut can help them. And there's no doubt that for those that uh, can kind of exercise some some income-splitting planning, uh, that's, I mean, now's the time to do that much more. Well, anybody who's earning above that 217 odd thousand dollars can consider potentially accelerating some income into 15 as opposed to taking it into 16. Uh, you know, you could save four points. Uh, you know, the, the, so that's a choice that you make, and you have to discuss that choice with your accountant, whether you want to accelerate it or you or you don't. Uh, in addition, what they did is they uh, rolled back the uh, tax-free savings account total that you could put in. Uh, for fifteen, it is ten thousand uh, dollars, but for sixteen, it'll go back to fifty-five hundred, and that'll be indexed. So. You know, you, you don't really have to go rush out and put in your your tax-free savings account money right now. You can put it in whenever you whenever you so choose. But that ten thousand dollars for fifteen is safe, and now you're working at fifty five hundred. So, so for this fiscal year, is this the last then that we'll have income splitting for Canadians that are not seniors? I wouldn't say well income splitting. It, it official income splitting, yes. Okay, in fifteen because they, they they're going to get rid of the the, the family tax cut. Uh, which uh, which affected people who have kids and, and, and couples with kids, so they're going to get rid of that, and that was potentially up to a two thousand dollars savings. So in in reality, when you look at these two things combined, the decrease uh, at the, at the, at the the, um, the middle level and the family tax cut removal, I don't know where you're going to come out at the end of the day. 
you know, and there, there's going to be a budget that's going to be in April or, or, or earlier that's going to address other issues, you know, the, the enhanced child tax benefit and, and removal of the other benefit, that they're, they're not going to tax the child benefit. So there, there's a few other promises or threats, depending on what you want uh, and what your perspective is, that are going to come forth in the new year. Uh, more with uh, on taxes with Ernie in just a moment. And we'll have Robin Merriam's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. That's next. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.57 on today's entrepreneur, Ernie Furch is here, tax partner at Fuller Landau. And in a moment, we'll also have uh, Robin Labresh and Dr. Mary Majdi's one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur. Ernie, any final thoughts on uh, income splitting? Yeah, I just wanted to clarify something. Uh, with respect to the income splitting, the pension split will still remain because the government promised to continue that pension split. So that will not be changed. It's only the family tax cut that will be changed. Okay. Now, were there any comments on the commercial side, on the business side of things today? They didn't really comment much or at all on the business side, and, and they, they commented a little bit about deficits, and the, and there was a lot of questions and you know questions in the house as as to is there going to be what are you going to do about that, and are, are you know with the one point two billion dollar deficit, you know will the uh, the the increase uh, of the, of tax rates on the higher income earners compensate for the decrease over here? I think it may. But you know what? The proof is in the pudding. And at the end of the day, we'll see what happens. And they're going to change their stories like they always do. And then there, of course, there's the Quebec side of it. That when they decide to come out with their uh, commentary or their own budget, I guess we'll see well, uh, how they follow suit. Quebec won't necessarily come out with their own budget right now. But what you have to watch out for is they're very notorious for coming out with stuff like on December 21st or like the day before Easter. I've seen that before. They come up with announcements. So you got to watch out. Excellent. Thanks very much, Ernie. And as we approach the last moment of our show, as we as we do every week, we'll look at uh, Dr. Merriam and Robin and ask you each, what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur? Well, my advice would definitely be to uh, educate your clients. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of the education-based approach, and I find that it's very effective. And uh, it's, it's a very honest way of pursuing your business and I mean in a sense if, you, if you're as open and honest as possible about your product with your client then you're definitely going to build that trusting kind of relationship with them. Transparency is huge. Absolutely. Robin? Know your product. If you know what you're selling and you know it inside and out then you should be able to sell it to anyone. And uh, I think that's great. And Dan, you know, the, the takeaway, and we, we always see this often, but they have really delved into their service, delved into their product. They know it well. They, just with the comment of education and, and teaching, going to their customer and saying, these are the ABCs uh, through Zs, uh, and, and making sure that there's a full understanding and, and, uh, and obviously showing the full commitment on their part. That is certainly huge from uh, from a growing your business from a marketing standpoint, and hence the word of mouth will continue. So that was uh, absolutely great. Thanks very much. Robin Labresh and Dr. Mary Majdi of Vizela Laser Clinic. Best of luck, guys, and thanks for stopping by. Thanks to Ernie Furt as well from Fuller Landau. Back uh, next Monday night at 7 here on CJAD for our last episode of the year. Thanks, Josh. And uh, The Exchange with Barry Wiseman is next.